everybody, this is Chad Daniels. You have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining us. Across from me, as always, is Cyrus Amundsen. Hello, Chad. I am here today. Are you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just that smile on your face. I love it. And I've missed it. Uh, I'm very excited because we have a guest. We have a fan favorite. We have a friend of both of ours. It is the lovely and talented Dan Cummins. Hello, hello. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me back. I like, I like the cel- celebratory balloons behind you. Oh, thank you. Well, we have a thing at the house. It's Olivia's mm-hmm. birthday, February 17th. It's mine, March 2nd, and it's Poe's, March 9th. Mm-hmm. So we just get these Mylar balloons and leave them up for all the birthdays. Yeah, just a big, long Mardi Gras-type celebration. Absolutely. And then I keep doing the math on the chalkboard in the kitchen of how much money each balloon costs because every birthday they go down. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect, be- perfect. Perfect. Become less and less expensive. If I could <laughs> if I could make it to another one, I sure would. But <laughs> I love how Dan is very willing to mention your very normal background and his in his yeah, well, yeah. your time suck studio. Mm. There's a lot going on which is great behind you, but I would say predominantly going on behind you is a Kenny Rogers collage. How dare you? It How is a Michael you? motherfucking McDonald collage. <laughs> he, he, I, I can see the Kenny Rogers. It uh, looks a lot. I'm sorry. It looks a lot like it's, Kenny it's, Rogers. It's, it's, it's I was, Michael McDonald was three. It was either Kenny Rogers, Chad in four years or Michael. I'm not even getting to Michael McDonald until I'm a little ways down the list. Boo. <laughs> Kenny and Michael, they could put on quite the uh, the tour together. Maybe that'll. Oh, that would. But be Kenny's incredible. dead though, isn't he? You just call it suicide. <laughs> yeah, I think Kenny Loggins is, is Ken- dead. Oh, Kenny Rogers. Is Kenny, Kenny Rogers yeah, dead? Right? Kenny Rogers is. Yeah, he's 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 passed away. Well, it, even okay. So now it's a darker tour. Now it's a it's a weirder. We did yeah. Kenny up and put him with <laughs> Michael McDonald's, <laughs> and it's got a real different vibe. But and after every song, Michael McDonald just goes, I guess you did know when to fold them. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. He had some long-standing feud, it turns out, with Kenny and like somehow got the rights to dig up his corpse just to take him on this giant fuck you tour. He, he just to- goes, weekend at Bernie's. He just he, he has their feet tied together and their wrists tied together so it looks like they're dancing. The finale, the last, the encore of the final concert of the tour is just him with a sledgehammer destroying Kenny Rogers' corpse. That's, that's the big, that's the big <laughs> sign out. <laughs> you fucked my that's- wife! Just some crazy. <laughs> this is fun to imagine. And then Gallagher just comes out in roller skates <laughs> and hands him the mallet. He's like, hey, ah! guys. That's great. Yeah, we just came up with a great tour. We did. Is he also dead or is he still alive? Is Gallagher alive? <laughs> Gallagher? I think so. I think he's alive. Gallagher, every couple of years people are like, this is it for Gallagher. And you're like, I've heard this before. There's no, there's no stopping exactly. Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, he's, he'll be around forever. Just him, Keith, Richard, Keith Richards, and the Cockroaches. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, listen, speaking of uh, tours and magic, yeah. I was on your Instagram not too long ago, and I saw a picture of you uh, looking frightened. And then also, <laughs> um, I couldn't see your irises because they were all pupil. What happened? What happened <laughs> that was. That was a planned trip. It was uh, so fun, but it ended up being a little crazier than expected. But um, I, I, I wanted to see. I wanted to see. Tool, I saw Tools, uh, one of their final concerts before everything shut down in early uh, 2020 here in Spokane, and then okay. um, they were kicking up the tour again. And my my friend, also my agent, but Joe Eschenbach, a buddy of mine, um, he loves Tool as well. We've talked about him a lot over the years. So we're like, we should see a concert together, and he was going to come down to San Diego where I was doing some shows at the La Jolla comedy store. And then like the night before the show started, Tool was playing. So it's perfect. He's like, just oh, just come down early. And yeah. then, you know, we'll go to the concert, stick around, watch your shows, all that stuff. And um, I have gotten a little bit more into psychedelics uh, recently. And um, what? Just, <laughs> what, what? Why? How come? Yeah, and just to, be, mind- just to be super clear, when he says a little bit more, the last time Dan and I talked... He gave the most Zen-esque 
TED talk about psychedelics. <laughs> he said that like, eh, I've been trying crackers. You're like, have you? Have you? Let's open that. Let's open that fucking cupboard, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it started. I, I mean, I, I liked him in the past, but then, oh man, when did I? What, when, what even started it again? I, I wanted to try DMT, and there was like a random situation fell out where I, I was able to go with a guy who was like really knew his stuff about DMT. Okay. And then that just opened up me wanting to get back into like shrooms what I'd done in the past and like all the stuff again. And I started researching things more. But yeah, I know I did um a, two different forms of DMT back in November, and and the one was this the toad. Uh, they call it like it's uh, there's a there's a there's a video of like tight it's the toad it's the to- toad poison toad toad venom, sure. um, but it's this it's like the ayahuasca it's the same um, okay. psychoactive ingredient, but the toad stuff's actually more powerful. But anyway, it was like uh, it changed my perspective on just like life in general. Like that's a very very powerful one. Like that it's called like five uh, meo DMT and that stuff. Um, you're not doing anything. You're not going to a concert. You're not. You're not leaving. Sure. You're probably not gonna have your eyes open. You're just like you're out for 15, 20 minutes. So, and it's just 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But is this stuff made in a lab, or is it all natural, it's, like shrooms? Uh, you can. I mean, I guess you know, like they, they could technically like get it from this. I think it's Sonoran. Oh, I can't remember the exact name of the toad. It's like from the Colorado River Basin. But you could get it from the toad. But no, they synthesize it. So it's like um, okay. It's like more like LSD where it is naturally occurring, occurring, but that's not okay. how they make it for, for usage uh, for that form of it. For, for regular okay. DMT, yes, it's from like oh, – I believe – I can't remember right now, but I believe it's this root. But that one like like the, the, the tribes and stuff in like Central America, they will you know get it from this one plant and boil it down. So that one is natural. But there's like a – Okay. It, it's that one special version of DMT that's hard sure. to find that is – usually lab made because the lab made psychedelics mm-hmm. scare me and i'll be just because they're yeah. it's in going into your brain i mean it's making you trip oh, fucking yeah. balls and yeah. it's probably made by somebody who loves to trip balls so they're in the lab just going i know it's supposed to be this but what if <laughs> what if we just did this for this batch <laughs> yeah and i and i think it's lab made i mean on the on the origin but yes i wouldn't do that one with somebody who hadn't already done it from that same batch, kind of like LSD. It's okay, like you, sure. you, yep, you, yep. you want to like somebody who's already kind of like product tested it, uh, ideally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it, but it is, I mean, that one's a crazy powerful one where you like, you go to like outer space. Like it's, it's a huge, uh, ego deconstructor. Like really com- you lose a sense of self, like very strongly. It's like, uh, with a lot of like psilocybin, a lot of these like hallucinogens, like it, it just, uh, in addition to like, you know, possible like auditory visual hallucinations, which you'll definitely get if you take enough. It destroys your ego. It destroys this, like, uh, it um, relaxes basically this part of the brain that differentiates you and everyone else. And so you get this feeling of oneness because your brain isn't processing you as a separate entity the same way anymore. And it, and it, and it does that very severely. It's like, it's hard to explain. But yeah, you're, you're connected, I don't know, in a, in a very sure. interesting well, way. So you know how if you take a certain, a certain drug, your body stops making it because it's like, oh, we're getting this. We don't need to keep making it. So yeah. if you take this enough, will you come back? An egomaniacal fucking lunatic. No, it doesn't work that like 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 opioids. Okay. It's not the same as opioids, where it's going to like reduce your body's ability to kind of sure. you know manufacture like the important chemicals on its own. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Everything I've read about hallucinogens, which is like they're you know they're, there's a, such a unique class of drugs that yeah they don't do that. Okay. The main risks are if you have underlying mental illness or obviously not underlying if you were like schizophrenic say, and your brain already is having trouble processing reality versus you know uh delusions oh fuck what a it can gamble. mess you up real bad <laughs> what yeah. a gamble right, i mean right. who knows if you have underlying yeah. mental illness and all of a sudden <laughs> you're just like hey i'm just gonna leave for 20 minutes and you do this and you shut your eyes and then you come back and you're just like bloody bodies all around you <laughs> i don't need no, that shit in my life peaceful thing i mean and, and from what i understand too like the the stories of people you know uh tripping too hard and never kind of coming back and it really, like extremely rare more whoa, whoa, like whoa, urban whoa. legends that's oh like urban legends. i was gonna say that's a story because i that felt like the stuff they scared you with in health class like you'll never be the same you're like oh that's yeah 
it's greatly exaggerated, but there are cases where it's like, it is that thing where you have to respect the power of it, where it's like, yeah, you don't want to go up on top of a skyscraper where there's like no wall between you and walking off the edge and then just do the most amount of like, you know, uh, hallucinogens. It's like that's just being uh, irresponsible with where you're doing them. Um, and who you're with. I mean, you got to like, just like you wouldn't want to drive drunk. You wouldn't want to put yourself in a, in a dangerous situation where you're having trouble processing real and not real. And, but, and that is like, I did think about that with the tool concert. Go ahead. I feel, I know Chad's not a huge drug guy. Uh, I am not a drug guy at all. This is very interesting to listen to, but as you guys started in the conversation, I feel a lot like the junior high kid who everybody's starting to talk about, you know, sex and fingering and stuff, and you have, you still have zero pubes. You're like, totally. That's probably what that's like. I bet, yeah. Well, I, I did not respect uh, the power of shrooms on this tool country because I had, like, the backstory, why I ended up taking too much, like, way too much, is, you know, the, the potency can differ a little bit. And shrooms is, like, generally, like, a milder hallucinogen. It's like, yes, you'll trip. In my experience, it's um, gentler than like uh, the other one. Like the not that I've done like all of them, but like it's um, more people will do that than they'll do like LSD or do DMT for sure. Okay. Sure. And uh, my my wife and I, she had taken it for the first time actually on Christmas Eve. We didn't have the kids, no family, so she wanted to try it on Christmas Eve. And we had these capsules that it turns out it was like a gift from somebody I trust and uh, uh, gave it to us in Tacoma when I was doing shows there. And he, but he had the potency wrong, the, the dosage wrong. And so Ugh. we took what he said was enough to trip, wasn't even close. And we, I just kept taking it and taking it and taking it. And I had like, I ended up like eight or nine times the amount that he said was enough. And I still didn't trip to the point that it was scary. Like I was home. I mean, it was like that f- you're, you're seeing like perspective shifts where it's like the toilet looks too small. And it's like you start laughing like how 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 do we use this tiny little toilet? It's too small. Like just <laughs> being goofy and like uh, watching nature shows like we started watching this nature doc and you get so into I always think of shrooms as like an emotional accelerant. If you're watching something that's a little bit scary, um, but then you're on a, a bunch of shrooms, it's so fucking scary. It's like overpowering scary. If you're watching something that's a little bit sad, you're bawling your eyes out because it's the saddest thing you've ever seen. Like, you're just so invested. <laughs> and so we were watching this nature documentary, and it was, like, super fun. We had, like, the right amount of high where it's, like, you know, the music would be, like, happy and triumphant. And you're, like, oh, my God, this is so great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it would get, like, dark and ominous, and it's focusing in on this gazelle. And there's a line in the background. And all of a sudden you're on the edge of the couch being, like, no, no, no. Oh, God. Oh, no, you got to run. Like, you're so scared for it. But it's it feels like we're in our house. We're in our environment. It's safe. <laughs> and I took so much. I feel like, oh, I have a good – I need a lot to really trip hard. So that's the backstory that got me to the place I was at in, in San Diego. So we go down there, and Joe, my buddy, he's been doing them. You know, he doesn't have kids. He's single guy right now. And so he's able to, like – do little mind experiments more frequently. And so he's been practicing on the dosage for weeks before I meet him, <laughs> figuring out what's good. And he's been building a tolerance. Uh. But then we do the same amount. I'm like, no, I can handle it. So we get there, San Diego, we're in the hotel room about four o'clock. We smoke a little weed, have a drink, and do like two of these capsules, which are not terribly potent, it's like more like a micro dosing level. And that just gets us in a little different headspace. To take an Uber, to get to near the concert venue, we have to go to this little wings place. Everything's great so far. And then we go to the outskirts of the Tool concert, <laughs> and uh, we sit down on this little bench right outside of where you would go in for the tickets, and he just takes out, he had like these little chocolate uh, pretzel things to mix in with the shrooms, and we each did three um, caps and stems. And... Uh, I, it's, I, it's hard to like explain like the drug math or whatever, but a lot of times like one cap, definitely two, will send uh, a fair amount of people into a pretty good like high. Like you're you're truly hallucinating. Like you're tripping pretty hard. So we decided so two two caps mm-hmm. send somebody into a tripping pretty hard. Yeah, you've decided to uh, smoke a little weed, have a drink, throw mm-hmm. two capsules, not caps, but capsules down. Yeah. Get to the venue, eat some wings, and then you've decided to do three caps and stems. Right. And he brought more capsules to do himself halfway to the concert. He's like, he was going hard, hard. 
And uh, so, yeah, so he's like, he said, I think this will get us to a really good spot, but we won't be out of control. That was the, but you never know till you've done it. And, and once the, Sounds once like the worst hunting it, guide of all time. <laughs> well, what's crazy about hallucinogens, like whatever kind you take, like they don't always hit you immediately. DMT is pretty fast, actually. But the rest, it's like it takes a little bit. So you don't know where, where you're going to peak. Like, uh, and it's too late. Like, if you, if you take too much and you're like 15 minutes later, you're like, oh, my God, this is fucking crazy. Well, it's going to get so much fucking crazier. Ugh. Like, it, it, it's going to be a long time before it starts to get calm. And uh, so we take these three. You should peak 45 minutes to 60 minutes, but there's no guarantee it can fluctuate. We go in there. We get a beer, you know, those big tall boys or whatever in the concert. And then all of a sudden I go to the bathroom. And as I'm in the bathroom, it, hit, it starts to hit. I think the person to my right is definitely a woman. Like, but like, like there's, why is there a woman in the bathroom? And I just have that thought of like, okay, it's starting to kick in. You're starting to think different thoughts. <laughs> Time to find Joe, go to our seats. I go out and Joe starts walking to me when he sees me. And he's like, he goes, man, he goes, you feeling it too? And I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then things are like, um, you start processing light a little differently. It's like your eyes almost don't adjust. Like if there's like lights moving around, it, you get like um, not like hypnotized, but like you're just fascinated by the way that they're moving and everything. And so you're we're starting to have those kind of thoughts. And like we need to get to our seats quick because it's dark. There's a lot of people. It can get a little overwhelming. On the way down to this to my seat, I'm like, holy shit! Like this stuff is fucking hitting me hard. And then we get to the seats. We sit down. And then I just remember thinking, like, you're not leaving this seat until the end of the show. Like, you're not getting up to go to the bathroom. You're not going to eat any snacks. You're going to ration your water. You have to. This is the only place you know that you're supposed to be. And you're because your mind's about to disintegrate. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it can affect how you process time. Like uh, weed will do it a little bit, but shrooms more so where it'll seem like things are slowing down too much around you. Or speeding up, like time-lapse photography. Because the part that is processing, you know, your perception of how time works around you is altered. And so I would look, I was like, oh shit. Like 10 minutes later, I'm looking around at the stands and it looked like that stop motion or whatever photography. Like people are moving way too fucking fast. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, man, are you seeing that? And he's like, yep, I'm seeing that. And then, uh, you know, the the opening band is playing a little bit and like here's here's something I found fascinating about when people do mushrooms together. Yeah, is like it it shouldn't make the same thing happen for two people. Oh, yeah. But but you can go like, hey, man, is that tree talking to you, too? And they're like, yes, it's been talking to me for five minutes. And you're like, <laughs> well, how the fuck are it's two weird. brains having yeah. a tree talk to them? It's so crazy that two people are experiencing the same thing just because they're around one another. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. Uh, yeah. It is weird how, yeah, you're, how that drug affects the brain and how you can both see something so not real and so crazy and, and, yeah, and agree on it. Yeah. Cause we, cause I was doing uh, mushrooms in Appleton. Okay. Well, with, with my friend, Kevin, who has done yeah. them before. And I felt like if I'm going to do these, I have to be around someone who's done them and who knows me specifically. Yep. So yep. they can get me through this. And then we both saw a guy. We thought it was a kid riding a bike towards us. And maybe I've told a story but before. but And then um, as it got closer, it was an old man on a – I mean older than us. He was like 50, sure. hairy, had huge facial hair, like neck hair, back hair. Sure. And then a backpack. And he looked like um, one of the flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz had stolen a bike. <laughs> and we both <laughs> – we both thought the exact same thing. We were like, we said it at the same time. It was, it was so bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that is weird. Like such a very specific hallucination. Yeah. And you guys, like outside. I mean, that's one thing I learned too to respect it. Where I'd had a great time on shrooms every time before this, but every time before this was in either in a calm setting or a place where I could get to a calm setting soon. At least like a hotel room or something. Never sure. in a very stimulated 10,000 people in an arena with fucking psychedelic metal, like, being played. I know. And, and a huge, laser light show. <laughs> yep. And costumes and everything. Wrong call. Wrong call. And uh, so Joe, his it's not hitting him quite as hard. 
And I remember it uh, when I really knew I was like really, really getting fucked up. He goes to use the bathroom and then he, he's like, I think we can get down on the floor. He's like, I don't think security is like at a college, like San Diego State or something. He's like, I think I don't think they're paying attention. And I was like, dude, I can't leave here. Like, I, I have to stay right here. And um, so then, like, by the time Tool is playing, I am so out of my mind where now I'm starting to have trouble processing, like, what's even real? I start, like, I'm like, uh, like, who am I? And earlier that day, <laughs> I had done research on a serial killer, Arthur Shawcross. Oh, this guy, no. yeah, this is, it, I got so fucking crazy. The Genesee River Killer. And so I had him in my brain from research. Well, my brain's not working right. And at one point, I think, I honestly thought that I might be Arthur Shawcross and I might be in New York. And Oof. and oh, Joe boy. is the lead detective trying to solve the case for murder. He's trying to get me to admit to the murders. And so I have to be careful what I say. Like it was, and then you have moments of snapping out of it and be like, what? No, what? You're not, what the fuck? But then it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. The band on stage, I couldn't tell what was real and what was costumes. They looked like they were made out of trees at one point and they had roots going into the stage. The music is overwhelming. Like it feels like waves of sound hitting me and it's not the right speed. And, and then I kept getting stuck in like what felt like time loops where I'm like, I've been in the middle of this song for like an hour. Like, how can I get, then you feel like you're trapped in a, in a moment in time and you're not going to get out of it. Like it's, you're, you're trying not to panic. And I'm just like, just sit here. I just have to sit here and wait it out. But it's like, it stopped being fun about half an hour into the set, maybe less. And now it's just like, just wait for it to be over. Like I was too high. Please let me get less high. After the serial killer stuff. Then I thought I died. Then I thought I I had gotten <laughs> oh up. Oh my god! And I'd fallen down the stairs. I don't know why I just thought this scenario. And I thought that the people around me um, were not people at the concert anymore. They were paramedics, and they were trying not to freak me out because it wasn't looking good for me. So now I'm getting sad that I'm dying. And um, <laughs> and then finally, it felt like a fucking lifetime. This concert was never going to end. And then I remember I'm. I'm when I could talk to Joe, I'm like, we got to go, man. We got to leave. And then, and then he's just remind. He, at one point he leans over and he goes, this is what you wanted. I'm sure he said it normally. Like, this is what you wanted. <laughs> but I perceived it as like, this is what you wanted. Like, you did this to yourself. And now I'm like fucking scared of him in a little. Like, it was so crazy. When we finally left, my mind is so fucked up when the concert's over. It, I was worried about not being able to get to the top of the stairs. Like, it was just going to extend forever. And then we get outside. By the time I'm outside, I couldn't even talk to people. Some kid came over to try to talk to us. And I remember Joe saying, like, he's super fucked up on shrooms. He can't talk right now. And then him being a little bit less fucked up, he was able to get that kid to guide us to a place where an Uber could pick us up. Like, he was too fucked up to even get an Uber. Ooh. Like, because he couldn't, he couldn't see the screen right. So some miraculously, we get into an Uber and then I and then I think I'm in a cop car and I think that I'm being taken. Now I'm back to like I'm the serial killer and I'm being taken to jail. And Joe, I guess, is just I don't know why he's there. But it's like after all that, it was if Joe wouldn't have been there, there's no fucking way I would have made it to like if he would have left. I thought about how scary this was and just irresponsible later. If he would have wandered off, I, I would I would have just ended up sleeping in a park or something that night. Like I would have ended up just wandering Absolutely. to the, yeah, or, or, or just getting taken to the police station to like sober up essentially. But I would have like probably went into some bushes or trees and just laid down and tried to hide. Uh, like, like, but we, but he take, he took us back. We did make it back to his place like idiots. Then we smoked some more weed, had a couple drinks. And then we went to the beach and then it was the best. Then it was two hours of just him and I, no one else is around, looking at the stars, listening to the waves come in, and being, like, nice and calm and having a, a, a very – the only thing that got weird after that is when we finally went back to the hotel room – or two, two rooms, I guess, next to each other at, like, I don't know, two in the morning. Uh, Joe couldn't – and this we were high for, like, six hours at this point, seven hours. He uh, – he couldn't see anybody. Like there was a really quiet area of La Jolla. And because no one was around, he thought for a while that we were the last two people on earth. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and for a little while, this is two guys in their forties 
walking on the street in this nice neighborhood in the middle of the night, looking into people's windows, like not going in their yard, but standing on the sidewalk and peering into windows, trying to find someone else who was alive. Because he, he was worried that something happened to all the rest of the people. Oh, it'd be so, so crazy. So creepy. You guys think you're the last two people on earth, and he just right. leans over and says, Nature will find a way. <laughs> One of us is having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my that's God. That's crazy. I think you can go to a tool concert completely sober and be like this is too much right it's a lot of like i mean i saw the same concert before and their costume i mean they're so good and their songs are psychedelic and they have this crazy screen that comes in front of the um band right now where they can project like third eyes and creatures and stuff on the screen and they're in costumes (laughs) yeah and so it's all it's already psychedelic with no drugs and drugs on top of that was not a good decision. I would only do shrooms at a concert again if it was like a super, like a Ray LaMontagne or like sure. um like outdoor setting. Kenny Rogers was opening for Michael McDonald. If 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 a dead Kenny Rogers was being paraded around like by Michael McDonald in a revenge tour, then I would do it. <laughs> You'd lose Just- your shit. <laughs> You'd lose your shit. You're like, am I dead Kenny Rogers? Right. Am I Kenny <laughs> Rogers? Am I dead? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I left a concert once um, with my ex-girlfriend and we were both wasted and couldn't find each other. And so we were texting each other. Finally, she just texts me by the door. And uh, (laughs) I mean, just she's super good looking and I look like I look. And so I went and sat down next to her. And then I was like, all right, are you ready? You think you can go? And we got up to leave and the bouncer was like, where are you going, man? And I go, uh, we just got to we got to get in an Uber. He goes, no, you guys aren't. Come on. What are you doing? And I go, this is my girlfriend. He goes, seriously, dude, you can't just leave. She's wasted. And I go, but this is my girlfriend. And he goes, right. No, it isn't. And he kept what? asking. Me. I had to show him three pictures of us on separate vacations. Oh, my God. Be- I know. <laughs> I mean, Listen, good for him, I guess, for being protective. But wow. I completely agree. Listen. Yeah. Stopping the sex trade is an amazing yeah. thing to do, but it really hurts when they think you're the one trading. It really stings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when they're certain that you're a sex trafficker. They're yeah, just like... It, it's, it's pretty brutal <laughs> when, you know, people always go, Chad, you're too hard on yourself. I go, it didn't just fucking start. I mean, people are making me not leave a concert because they think I'm kidnapping a pretty girl. That, that's like a mix, though. It's a nice confidence thing where it's like you clearly have a, a, a girl with you that they think is exceptionally attractive. So that's a compliment. But then also the <laughs> the negative insult of like, there's no way this fucking swamp troll uh, date rapist yes. could ever yes. willingly get this woman. <laughs> I think you're a good looking guy, but clearly this this bartender had and then other opinions. Two days later... I found out I was on mushrooms and I didn't even have a girlfriend. <laughs> Two days later, you found out that you were Arthur Shawcross, the Genesee River killer. <laughs> and he was right to be concerned because, yeah. you know, now her body is, uh, I don't know, fucking down by a creek bed. That's probably that oh bouncer's my. move. Every pretty girl is like, uh-uh. Oh, Come my on. God. It was like one time four years ago it worked and he saved a girl. And he dated her for mm-hmm. two months after that. He's like, any anybody that looks sort of like a thick uncle, I'm going to say yeah. something to. I, I had something <laughs> said to me at a, uncle. <laughs> a Kaleo concert just uh, two weeks ago. But it did feel like I'm hoping, I, I'm telling myself at least, it's just a line this guy used all the time. Because Lindsay did like it, but um, as we're walking up the stairs, I mean, she had a really cool dress on, and she did get a lot of compliments tonight. I was very happy for her. But then as we, like, walk around the stairs, this guy's like, oh, man, I love, love your dress. And she's like, oh, thank you. And she's like, oh, that's cool you came out with your dad. And uh, and she like, ah, ha, 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 you know, like, and then like loves it. And I was like, ah, oh, that's good, buddy. But, you know, please tell me you fucking say that to everybody. Do you did you have because Chad's uh, dad is a, well, he's affectionately known by a lot of names on this show, but I prefer Car Bar <laughs> Daniels. Because he, um, what after what DUI was it that he turned his van into a eight. touring bar? Eight after his eighth DUI. Well, it, it was the eighth. It was the eighth one he got while doing that. Yeah, was My in God, his car yeah, bar. Yeah. Um, did you have any recognition early on where you're like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't 
drink at 16 years old because of uh, the yeah. path that is laid in front of me. Yeah, not in my family, but a lot of family friends in like the little town I grew up in, just people who, um, yeah, like tons and tons of DUIs. And then there's a lot of the kids I was, uh, I was a, a aware of at the time of like, this isn't leading to any place good. Like they were just like, it wasn't exciting. Like maybe if I had gone to a school where there was people going to a Pink Floyd concert and like dropping acid and doing something like fun, but also kind of having their life together on some level. But it was just like sad rural drinking and like yeah. uh, meth yeah. and things where it was like, yeah. oh, you guys are just going out into the woods with an eight ball of meth and, you know, 48 can cans of Keystone ice. And it's just like three dudes sitting around a fire. I'm yeah. like, that is so sad to me. Like that, that just never appealed to me. You didn't always live in a small town, right? Because you no, lived in I would, Vegas with, did I you was in Vegas. Vegas with your dad or something? Yeah, I was in Vegas freshman and sophomore year. And if I would have stayed in Vegas... All bets are off for what I would have done, I think, in a variety of ways. But, like... We'd be doing Time Suck right now, and it would be an episode about you. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Because I was going down a very different path. The, the kids I hung with, did, they weren't into drugs. They were just into mayhem. And, uh, and if I, I have thought a lot as I've gotten older. If I wouldn't, if my dad wouldn't have randomly moved back to Idaho just for work in the summer, the summer between my sophomore and junior year... I honestly think there's a real good chance I would have ended up in prison. Oh, fun. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what were you doing? It started off with just shoplifting. It was like a, a series of rationalizations. It started off with shoplifting specifically porn mags from, like, the local convenience stores. because they. And in my head, I'm like, well, they won't sell them to me. And so, you know, I'd happily pay for them if they sold them to me. But yeah. they won't, so I'll steal them. <laughs> and then you get comfortable stealing something. And then it just became I, I went quick to this justification of these corp these corporate overlords. And you know <laughs> and they're just taking advantage of their employees. So I'm striking back at the man when really I just didn't want to pay for shit and uh, and was didn't have much money and it was fun. It was like a rush to steal things. So then it just became shoplifting, just whatever. And then that quickly turned there was this friend Chris I had, and he was so fun, so fun. But just out of his mind with just like mayhem. And uh, his mom, he was, a, he was a junior when I was a sophomore when we did most of our uh, shenanigans. But his mom was never around. His dad was out of the picture. His mom was always at uh, her boyfriend's like on the weekends. So okay. Chris had free reign as a troubled junior to do whatever uh, on the weekends. Oof. And so what I would do is I would just like, hey, I'm going to a sleepover at Chris's house. Yep. My dad and stepmom at the time were kind of checked out on things. And so... They never checked with Chris's mom of like, mm -hmm. hey, is it cool that, you know, he's coming over all the time? They were just happy to, I think, have me out of the house. And so right. every weekend was no adult supervision, yeah, no curfew, nothing. And we would just do crazy stuff like um, some things were just dickhead moves. Like uh, looking back, huge dickhead moves. I, I remember going down to the strip and um, my friend Russ had this little knife that was like you kind of almost hold it in your fist and like you could punch a, a hole in something like a little poker oh sure yeah and in parking garages just slash people's tires just for funsies <laughs> jeepers <laughs> fucking creepers <laughs> yeah. I, I had a i had a buddy mark whose mom was around and was very responsible but she was yeah. an overnight nurse and so okay. anytime oh. she would be at work it'd be like stay in at marks yeah and we wouldn't i mean we wouldn't go slash tires but we would go egg cars and we would go get in trouble. Oh, yeah. And um, that's, you know, watch Porky's Revenge on HBO because they had HBO and uh, that kind of stuff. But never like slashing tires. The the parent that wasn't there yeah. was always where everyone seemed to congregate. And I bet you that Chris's ah. mom, Chris's yeah. mom, when her and her boyfriend were out, would told everybody, Chris, he's just my best friend. Yeah. He's my yeah. best friend. And then meanwhile, he's... <laughs> Hasn't yeah. seen his mom in five days, and he's slashing tires. Oh God, we we would do. I remember like these dick moves. We'd go down to the strip to the casinos, and oh my gosh, I'd be so fucking mad. Obviously, if somebody did this to me now, but on the escalators, when somebody was like, okay, all these tourists or gamblers are coming up on an escalator, and then like there was like a little railing on the other side where you could dump something on them if you wanted to, and so we would just get like big slushies and things and set it on the edge. <laughs> And wait for someone we just didn't like the way they looked and just fucking dump a slushie on them and oh, anyone who no. happened to be by them and act, and act like it was an accident. Like, so there's a lot of just dickhead things. 
And then, um, oh my gosh, there were so many things. We got to, but, but the, the craziest, one of the craziest, I was, this was on my mind recently because we were playing um, Never Have I Ever with the kids. Okay. Uh, Lindsay and I at this little German. With your children. Yeah, they wanted to play like a, like a Never Have I Ever. And, and I'm like, oh, let's see where this goes. And yeah. uh, with, you know, Monroe's 14, Kyler's 16. And they're given more, thank God, innocent things. And, you know, and, you know that, uh, that game, obviously, like you can lie. And tell a crazy. Oh no, maybe it wasn't never. It was. It was some game. I can't remember the name. But you would tell a story. Two truths and, and they a had lie. to say. That's what it was. It was like, is it is it true or is it not true? Yeah, that's what it was. And so I would tell these crazy stories from my childhood, and they were like, no way, no way, no way. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I would just say, like, not true. And they're like, what? Like, why would you? <laughs> like, it was just destroying their minds. But this one story I told that they thought there's no way this can be real. We had all these crazy dumb plans. We were like these wannabe criminal masterminds, but just really bad at it. Like, uh, I was the only pers- person in that group not to get, while we were doing this, not to get arrested at some point. And uh, this one plan we had, we were kind of go down to this electronic store. I think like a software, et cetera. Remember those stores used to be around forever mm-hmm. ago? And down to this mall, we were going to steal a bunch of games, but we didn't have a car to get to the store to steal the games. So I had rollerblades, but my these other guys I'm with at the time don't have anything. So we needed to get them bikes. So we had to go to the neighboring apartment complex to steal people's bikes, to drive the bikes <laughs> to the store to steal things there, to then take that stuff to a pawn shop to try and get money to I don't even know what we were going to buy. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a very loose plan. And we only made it to phase one because this is the funniest memory to me. I'll never forget this. We go to this. There's these huge apartment complex uh, situations down in Vegas where it's like a big monster block and it'll have like, I don't know, 15, 20 buildings that each have probably 15, 16 or whatever it is, you know, apartments in it wow. and, and the pool area and all that. So each, but the, the, but the next to them might be an undeveloped block at this time. So it'll just be like desert and then massive apartment complex, desert, you know, massive apartment complex. So we go into across from Chris's condo. There was one of these. I lived in one big apartment complex area. We're not going to do it where I have to be all the time. We go to the next one over, and we see these bikes. There's, like, these two bikes in this little entryway that leads to, like, two apartments on the first floor, two apartments on the second. We go. Chris just walks over, and this other guy walk over, and they grab the bikes, and they start walking away with them. I'm just kind of hanging around uh, on rollerblades. Uh, (laughs) on the sidewalk and then all of a sudden these two big dudes in that apartment are like hey what the fuck and they're like that's our bike motherfucker and and we're just like oh god so like everybody just splits in different directions me and one other kid who's on foot we end up getting cornered in these uh, they can have like flash floods in Vegas so so they have these big like rain gutters that'll just lead to a big wide ones so you can skate down them and then it just there's a wall at the end. Well, on the other side is just desert. So I skate down on this little skinny punk, you know, 15-year-old. I climb over the wall. <laughs> I have a decent head start, but I'm on rollerblades in the dirt now. <laughs> so now. So now I'm clunking my way like through the through the dirt. Can't really run that effectively. But I get a little ways out there, and then I see this big muscle dude climbing, and he is, you know, pissed for good reasons. He jumps over the wall, and he's chasing us. And my other friend oh on my foot, God. he can run faster, so I'm the, I'm the slow kid in the pack. Oh, no. And this guy, it was this crazy race for, can I get to the sidewalk before he grabs me? And if I make it there, I'm golden. And I did make it there and just skated my little ass off. And, uh, and got out of there. But that was the most nerve-wracking <laughs> thing where it's like, he's going to beat the shit out of me <laughs> if he gets a hold of me. Ah, but we had so many little episodes oh like God. that. You also, when you steal a bike, you don't anticipate it to be a bodybuilder. You think you're stealing from another right. child. And, and they weren't like, they were big compared to, it's not like they were like two like NFL size. But, you know, they were grown men who who lifted weights and were just strong and we're like scrawny like i was probably a hundred and i don't know 20 pounds 100 i mean i was a very skinny kid for uh high school and so was chris and his buddies i mean they would have destroyed us oh (laughs) at the very least held us down until the cops came i love the idea that that guy is somewhere telling the story 
of the time he almost got to beat a 15-year-old in rollerblades <laughs> to death for stealing his bicycle. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think that you gained a little bit of uh, distance because he had to stop and put his hands on his knees to laugh at you it while running so through funny. dirt? Yeah. It had <laughs> to have been so funny to watch me in terror. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm looking back like wide-eyed, like a borderline pissy myself. So I hope he enjoyed that. <laughs> we did. Oh, my God. This isn't my story, but I the last time I talked to Chris, so I moved after sophomore year. We did a whole bunch of other things, cra crazier things. And then uh, I checked in with him one time and then just lost touch with him after uh, this phone call. I called him like, I don't know, two months after I moved back to Idaho. But Chris was, I think that guy probably ended up in prison. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's not alive now. He was so out of control. And one of the things he did is we would mess with like cars. I mean, again, stupid things. We were doing this thing right before I moved where we pretend uh, to be just running past routes by the side of the road, like where cars are going by about 40 miles an hour. But what you do is you just throw a bullet and you intentionally miss and it's just pinging these cars. And then <laughs> we graduated from that. It was this little plastic football. We figured out if you rolled it and and it rolled under the car, it would sometimes rattle and it would sound kind of like a gunshot. And so then you roll it out there, it goes under somebody's car, and then like people are like, like just crazy. I mean, we could have caused yeah. an insane accident. Horrifically terrifying, yes. It's terrifying. Yeah, we were, we were, we were, yeah, hoodlums. Well, then right after I leave, Chris, the egg thing you said, Chad, Chris started doing this thing where, um, <laughs> He was with another friend, Tony, who would uh, uh, drive him around, and he would, like, throw eggs at people. Like, like you know, like, throw eggs at, you know, just people uh, waiting uh, to catch the bus. They'd, you know, pull up next to him, blast him <laughs> with an egg, and then drive off. Well, that's not enough of a high for him after a while. And this is so fucked up, but so funny to me. They would do this, <laughs> they would do this thing where Russ would pull up close to the bus stop. Chris would get out of the car with an egg in his hand, walk behind the the bus bench, slam the egg on a random person's head, <laughs> and then run and get back in the car as they drove off. And I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> if you're the person waiting for the bus and some <laughs> asshole 16-year-old just fucking spikes an egg on your head, oh, my God, oh my God, oh my that's, God. Ruined, that's ruined your day. Imagine you've just left your first job. And you are bussing to your second job. You've worked all day. You are not looking forward to your second job. And then somebody duck, duck, gray ducks you. And by the way, don't even fucking start with goose. I'm not going to listen to you. It's gray duck. But uh, that would, that's just incredible. We used to do this thing where we would take the, the um, tape, like the shiny brown tape out of a cassette tape. Oh, yeah. And then we would take it and we would go from one tree across the street to another tree and it would go back and forth because when you're driving, you can't really see it because it reflects oh, yeah. the light. And so it looks like there's nothing in front of you. But then as soon as it hits your windshield, you can totally see it and freaks everyone out and they'll hit their brakes real hard. And one guy got out of his car. And so we would also <laughs> only do this when my friends and their parents were out of town because we would run towards their house. Like well, it was right. our house. Right. And then one time this guy got out and he had a bloody nose because he didn't have a seat or whatever. And he oh must God. have hit the steering wheel because he oh hit the brake so hard. Yeah. And he was like, you fucking kids, you're fucking dead. I'm going to come back here when your parents are here. And we were like, bring it on, motherfucker, because it wasn't our house. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's genius. Yeah. Such little um, shits. I, teenagers, because of all that kind of stuff, like they, they scare me. I'm so I'm like, yeah. Whenever I see a 15, 16-year-old boy and just think about who I was, I'm just like, oh, buddy, yep. stay, stay away from my house, please. Because it's, it's like uh, – so when I was growing up, you'd have hockey practice once a week, and then yeah. you'd have games on the weekend. Now it's hockey practice every single day, oh, and you have traveling tournaments on the weekend. So everything yeah. has been moving up this whole time. So teenage kids now, they can't put cassette tape around a tree. I know. It's they so have different. to like – their big thing is like, oh, my God, I slipped this guy's jugular. It was so funny. You should have seen him squirting blood. It was great. Oh my God. I mean, I know. That's crazy to think that you just someone walk up or that that knockout game they were doing for a while. Oh, my God. Oh, that, that, that was shit. terrifying. Those mm -hmm. fucking bitches. Here's just another example of the difference in personalities. I was probably about that same age, maybe a little younger, maybe 12, 13. 
but so my parents yeah. owned a resort and they were repaving the road behind the resort and I was hanging out with a friend in a camper that was facing the road. It was his grandparents' camper and it had like a window where you could like dangle off this couch and lean out this big back window. And yeah. this guy was rolling by on one of those things that pressed the concrete, like a steam rollery looking thing. And oh, I, yeah. I waved at him and he waved back and then I gave him the finger, you know, just like a little shithead kid. And he stopped. Unbelievable. He stopped <laughs> and he gave the, and this is like a 40, 50 year old man. He gave, and he had handlebar. I don't think it's, handlebar is like, what's the, handlebar is the one where it's curly cue like a hipster. But yeah, what's he, it? If, Fu Manchu. Yes. The Fu Manchu. Yes. Just, yeah. just the stash part of the Fu Manchu. And he did the like. He like leaned off it. He did like the what, the what you get, what to me. And I literally, I out loud through a window was apologizing to a grown man. And I was like, never again will I disrespect an adult. Never in my, never in my career will I ever flame an adult ever again. I think it is that if you get caught, because like Lindsay talks about like, she stole some little things when she was like young. And like, I don't know, like grade school age. And she got like taken, I want to say like, she got taken, like they threatened to call the police, like like some, some store, they made a big deal of it. And it scared her so bad, it was just like, never again. Like never wow. am I gonna, but I, I just didn't have that moment. So to me, it was just like, I just kept getting away with stuff. And so I just kept, <laughs> kept doing it. Oh my God, this, this is not as serious uh, as the last one, but it was, the kids thought it was so funny. We had in my apartment complex, there was these security guards. I guess they're in all of them, but the ones in my, we would terrorize them. Like we would just like do things in front of them. And like they, they knew we were doing things, but they, for whatever reason, couldn't catch us. And so it was like this game of like, you would see the security guard and rather, rather than try to like not do something by them, you would try to do something just out of their sight. So they couldn't quite prove it, but they sure. knew it was you. <laughs> and uh, right next to the little leasing office in the main building of the apartment complex, there was a snack machine. And we didn't even need the snacks. We just did this to be assholes. We figured out it was like, you know, like the kind with the rings and you pay and it like moves the ring around, drops off sure. the Cheetos or whatever. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, at this time, they didn't have like a safety mechanism that prevented you from like if you were skinny enough from reaching up where you got the things at the bottom, you could actually reach up. <laughs> and we figured out if you got a stick, like a decent sized stick, you could just knock things off in the front one or two rows of all these things. Mm -hmm. So we would get all this candy. And, um, and then my friend Russ was pretty strong. Russ would, like, shake the machine sometimes and just, like, knock things, have things fall <laughs> off. So we're, do we're doing this over and over and over and over again, like, all constantly, to the point that eventually they put a sign on the machine, to whoever is stealing from the machine, would you please stop? <laughs> Which, of course, we think is funny and makes us want to do it more. And, and so then the security guard is hanging around the snack area more. It's, like, such a petty crime. But this was, like early 90s like the starter jackets are in style like mm -hmm. uh and it's way too warm to be wearing one of these starter jackets so it already looks suspicious <laughs> and i had this big red skin starter jacket <laughs> and i remember we're in there and we're getting all these chips so many bags of chips and i'm just stuffing them. i'm a little skinny kid with a big jacket my whole front of my jacket is stuffed with all these chips and then we walk out of the little clubhousey area to outside and the security guard is right there and he just, he's like, oh, you guys in there stealing from the vending machine again? And it was like a scene out of like a stupid teen movie where I tried to act indignant. And I was like, how dare you think that? And as I start saying this, bags of chips start to fall out of my starter jacket. And then I was just like a cartoon, like, pew! I just like took off and running. And as I'm running, the rest of the chips are falling out. Oh, that was such a funny, we laughed so hard about that later. <laughs> we... We used to go to cars that were unlocked, and we would take 10 <laughs> items, no more, no less. And then we would <laughs> trade it out. We'd trade it out with another car. Oh, my God. So That's if it funny. was like uh, change, some kind of tools in the glove box, actually the, the book that comes with the car, the manual, <laughs> and we would trade it out with other cars. So people would get in their car and be That's like, so random. what the fuck? This isn't mine. <laughs> it was right, so right, fun. Right. It was fun because we didn't want to steal anything, but it was fun just to switch it. But I mean, I guess that is technically still stealing, right because there's that's what I was thinking. I'm like, there's no way that uh, no one ever swapped back. Right, exactly. No one ever like was like, hey, do you have my manual? Well, maybe if they're right, would they would you do it in cars right next to each other, or would they be a little ways away? They'd be pretty close, yeah. 
Because I was going to say if they're right next to each other and you got yeah. in your car and all of a sudden you drive a Ford Fiesta and this other is a Subaru Outback and you have a Subaru Outback owner's manual that you notice, <laughs> you at least might, <laughs> I don't know, ask them. The, uh, speaking of stories that have been told on this podcast before, I'm sure this one has, but I've never told it to you, Dan. I got, yeah. I did, uh, I might not have been willing to give people the finger or dump slushies up, but I sure liked stealing early on. And it crested as a 15-year-old boy who was on the speech <laughs> team getting arrested for shoplifting a cap gun at the sectional oh, no. speech meet, which is a pretty top-of-the-resume bummer, you know, lifetime achievement yeah. situation. But I was there with my friend Jesse, and we both stole cap guns, and I got arrested. And he, in retrospect, did maybe the funniest thing a human person has ever done. I am, I am cuffed, which is dramatic overkill, Mankato, Minnesota police yeah, force. Yeah, yeah. I am a 15-year-old boy cuffed for stealing a cap gun. And as they bring me out to put me in the car, Jesse is sitting on the curb loading his cap gun like <laughs> mere feet away and that remains <laughs> top of the line funniest thing anyone's ever done uh, they, do they press charges then and everything so it was i know they did and i know i had to do community service i had to clean up all the worthington schools um yeah and yeah, and there was a bunch of other, I, this is, people are just getting a redo of this show, but I was not allowed to ride school buses for a year, which I was like, oh no, that was supposed right, to right. be a punishment. I couldn't go to the athletic banquet. You're like, no, not that long thing, come on. <laughs> but it is, they did set me up for the ultimate punishment because so I, I was on the tennis team and yeah. I can't even, today this wouldn't even fly. They're like, you can't ride buses. So the assistant coach had to drive me to the oh yeah that's weird yeah oh dude that's that's a top like, just the two of you they didn't have twitter back then that shit would have gotten mentioned on there for sure <laughs> yeah yeah they don't i mean i i doubt they do that now man with all the the risk you would take of like allegations at the very least exactly. if, if i was a teacher if yeah if you're an assistant tennis coach and they're like okay here's the deal this deviant child was arrested for stealing and they're like what he stole some money some weapons what did he do cap gun it was a cap gun and now as a punishment we would like you to allow him alone in your vehicle with you twice a nope. week for two yep. months right right yeah, yeah no way no way no chance <laughs> it explains so much <laughs> why don't you show us on the doll where he touched you okay <laughs> everywhere Oh my god! This takes like a, right. such a crazy turn, and size like actually, and then it just does become like he for the first time he talked. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> we glad we're talking about it. Up. Glad we're talking. Yeah, it, it, it took Chad. It took Chad this many episodes to finally get here, and he's like, "I knew it was under there. I just if we got if we got the right mixture of episodes and stories, he would crack, and we could fix this." <laughs> well, I absolutely have to go. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.